Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, so we all know the Washington Castles. They win team tennis titles all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to say six out of ten in ten years, something like six. that. Six. Yep. Six-time six champions. Biggies. And uh, Sam Query is a member of the Washington Castles. He just was over at Wimbledon, and uh, ho-hum, he made it to the semifinals. Yeah, so first, first, American, first American to make a slam semi since 2009, which was Andy Roddick, I believe. Clap. Was that at the U.S. Open or was that at Wimbledon? When that was did it. at Wimbledon. That was at Wimbledon. Yeah. I should mention that the Washington mm-hmm. Castles play tonight at home against the New York Empire, so you can go see Sam play there mm-hmm. for tickets. You can go to WashingtonCastles.com. Before we kind of get into nitty-gritty, because I know Jason's big into, like, the California lifestyle. And I remember a couple years ago, I met him briefly, but he's getting, you know, 100 people are talking to him. Mm-hmm. And I want to say I heard you talking about you live in Vegas now, but did you live – right, you're from San Francisco, but did you live in kind of like a beach house, like, lifestyle for a while with maybe a roommate or something? Um, well, I actually live in Santa Monica right now. See, I was what, I was Monica. living in Vegas for about ten years and kind of going back and forth, but uh-huh. now I'm just in Santa Monica. Santa Monica is awesome. See, yeah, that, I that's, live in a, that's what I remember. I live in a house now with my girlfriend, but you know, years ago I lived in a place with two buddies, right in, close to where I live now, about a, a mile from the beach, and uh, it's right. a cool place. So, why did you move from Vegas to Santa Monica? Um, just tired of Vegas? Yeah, and I didn't spend that much time there. I practiced in Santa Monica. I grew up about an hour from there in Thousand Oaks. And right. so it's just, that's where my friends are. That's where my life is. Right, right, right. Could you imagine, though, the life you're a professional tennis player, and you're not there that often, probably, because you're traveling the world all the time. And what did the other two guys do? Did they have Joe jobs and would go, like, 9 to 5 and put on a suit and tie? Yeah, they were jealous no, of your gig. They actually did it. I mean, this, I was, we were 21, 22, 23. Right. One um, was managing a band. So he kind okay, of so had a similar right. thing to what I was doing. He was traveling a lot. And the other... Um, worked for Nike, who now he lives in Amsterdam. So he kind of had okay. some different hours as well. Right. I'm going to guess the guy that worked for Nike more upwardly mobile than the guy that managed the band. Definitely. Yeah. 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 But it <laughs> he took be, a better path. It'd be <laughs> depressing if you were like the 22 year old who went to, like, you were maybe going to go to USC. So let's say you had a buddy, high school, whatever, somebody you grew up with. You end up becoming roommates, but he went the USC route and became an accountant. And then. You're going away, and you come back, and he's got to hang out with you, and then he's got to wake up at 7.30 Monday morning and oh, go to his yeah, job. Yeah, we, we all kind of had different so jobs and, and traveled around a bit, so it kind of worked out. Um, all right, so I was, you know, before we went on air, I was telling Sam he's had an unbelievable past calendar year because he beat Djokovic at Wimbledon last year. He beat Nadal in Mexico earlier this year. Uh, and then, of course, he just beat Andy Murray to get to, uh, to the semis at Wimbledon. So he's beaten three of the big four. Um, you know, Federer being the fourth, but man, you are balling. Congratulations, especially this year at, at uh, Wimbledon. We were watching it right here during this during the show. By the way, that wouldn't make you a very popular guy across the pond beating Andy Murray. Like, oh yeah, it was celebrated here, but I'm sure that you took some uh, you took some bullets over uh, in that part of the world for beating Andy Murray. Definitely, I mean the the British crowd they definitely are behind him, but they're pretty nice tennis fans. You know, right. they, they like the 
just going to Wimbledon. They they cheer for good points, but they were bummed. But you know, Murray's won that before. It's one thing if he had right. never won it and you knock him out, but they've they've had some championships with him, so they're fine. Now you um you beat him in five sets, I believe. You smoked him in four and five. Now he had the hip problem. When did you know? Did you know before the match that he had the hip problem, or when did you notice during the match that he was really gimping around? Um, well, before the tournament, everyone kept talking about the hip problem, and then he seemed fine the first couple matches, and then right. I noticed his movement was a little off, you know, maybe even in the first set. But he's a guy that kind of he can kind of always kind of hold stuff and, yeah, yeah. and kind of limp around during matches. So I just tried not to to look at him honestly and just go about my game. Right. So the game plan didn't change. Not at all. No. Because yeah. if if I start his game plan altering is serve my, hard and hopefully the yeah. guy doesn't return it back well. If right. I start altering what I do, then I'm going to mess myself up. So it's better just to stay and do what I do. Right. But um, so man, that's, do you pay attention to the world ranking points as uh, much as you know the uh, the average player does? I think so. I'm not sure what the other guys how often they look at it. But I mean, you look at it Monday morning, especially after you have like a big result and see if you jumped up, you know, four or five spots. Right. So you're currently in like 22 or 23. Yes. And what was your highest? My highest is 17. 17. Um, I, we were just talking about the money. We, we're not like your typical sports show where we ask all the No, that's whatever. Sports, but we noticed that you made about 700 k for being at Wimbledon for two weeks, which is unbelievable. I can't figure it. To be yeah. honest, I don't know if you were paid in pounds or euros. You're, so you're paid in pounds there. So it's Some tournaments is euros. I, Some I, tournaments is dollars. I thought it was euros. Um, but are do you? So you're, do you rich. sleep on Brexit. You it, sleep it, so it, long. If you get pounds <laughs> and you need to, and you want to change it to dollars. Do you play like a waiting game sometimes? Some guys, I think, do that game and said, "Well, look, if I if it goes up a little bit, this is an extra, you know, fifty grand or whatever." I I don't. Some guys do. They might open like a a UK bank account, put the money in there, and you know, two years later, right. hope that the exchange rate is in their favor and bring right. it back over. I've always just cashed it out right rich away. Guy <laughs> <problems>. <laughs> so rich. rich guy problems. He's a rich dude. Oh, maybe I'll put this in a British account. I hope it goes up in two years. Um, but, but there are guys, now you're rich and you're in the top 20 in the world. But someone who's ranked 150 in the world, if he wins a match, he's absolutely thinking, okay, well, I just won, you know, 40 grand or I just won 50 grand. Like incrementally, right, advance one when you're advancing like in when the we tournament. Talk to, uh, Francis, like Francis yeah, he's is somebody who's rising oh, up. I, I think about that. Right. When so, I won, when I beat Murray in the quarters, I wasn't excited to make the semis. I was excited to make seven hundred thousand dollars. Right. <laughs> there we go. I know I would be. That's what's that's what's more exciting. Honestly. The truth right there. If I someone tells you otherwise, they're lying. They're lying. Um, and then the winner. Well, if you get to the level of somebody like Federer, I would imagine. You know, when you get to that level where you've already made, say, ten million dollars in your career, Federer's made a hundred. Yeah, but not only does he, not only in does Sam, he, because right. he's made ten million, he's made at least yeah. ten million. But not only does making the seven hundred k get Sam excited, it also ups his appearance fee, so he knows For other he gets tournaments. excited about that as well. Right. So it's just it's incremental. It's just stacking so, more chips. It is. He, yeah. But he's got to stack, <laughs> he stack those chips because I don't know when you started this and you became a pro, 29 probably seemed really old to you. And it you're 29 did. years old. Now, at 29, like, I actually think, all right, people are praising Federer. He's older and he's a he freak. deserves that. But I think that as nutrition has changed, as exercise has changed, people will be playing a little bit older. Like, you're not just going to die off at 30 in tennis anymore. Right, and everyone talks about Federer. He's turning 36 this year, but there's there's 25 more guys in the top 100 that are mm-hmm. 32, 33, 34, 35 right. that are having great years, and 
you can kind of alter your schedule and play a little less. And I travel full time with like a physiotherapist. So I'm spending a ton of time on the table doing stretching massage. And so I, I feel a hundred percent right now. And other right. guys are doing that too. And it's make, it makes a big difference and allows guys to play till they're 35, 36. Is right. Federer a freak? Um, yeah, in a, in a good way. I mean, I mean, yeah, he is. I, I mean, just an athletic freak. He, he just glides around the court. He doesn't sweat. He doesn't. He never <laughs> he doesn't sweats. sweat. It's the biggest mystery in the tired. locker room. No one knows how he does it. Have you ever I'm asked not, why don't you sweat? I, mean, I don't. I mean, be, you know, I'm what? two games in and my hat's dripping. And he's a Swiss cyborg. <laughs> Somebody needs to do like a blood sample. On he him. is such a freak. I don't understand it. It doesn't he's even incredible. look like he's breathing hard. Yeah, I mean, when he plays. The other guys in the locker room, we've got his match on TV, and you're, just, you're waiting for him to do something superhuman. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, all right, here's but a question for you. that being said, there were a couple no, years where Djokovic no, took over at number one. Yeah, Djokovic had three years there where he was so dominant, and um, yeah, it was incredible yeah. to watch. Now he's got the gimpy elbow. Yeah, him and Murray both kind of have little injuries right now, so they might take a, a month off here and regroup to get ready for the U.S. Open. Right. Uh, all right, so another personal question. So this guy right here looks at his portfolio every single day. I do. Almost hourly. I'm obsessed with it. Um, and it, it, trust me, it, it pales in comparison to your portfolio. How often, it's, I'm a very how small How often fish. do you look at your portfolio online or whatever? <laughs> uh, a couple times a week. See? Check it's it my out. guy. The rich guys do it. Sam Q is my guy. <laughs> now, uh, how often do you fly private? Not that often. Probably, you know, I don't know what not that often means to everyone. You know, it's all relative. But yeah, to us, it's an effort. <laughs> it's the, uh, ten times a year. Yeah, yeah, but you can't so, fl- uh, you can't fly back with all the steerage. I mean, you're a tall guy. You right, can't and fold I mean, I've never flown to Europe private. It's short little legs. You know, when, yeah. when we have tournaments in Cincinnati, and the next week is in Winston Salem. Right, you know where they don't even have nonstop flights commercially. Right, those are the ones that you try to hop on on private, maybe with one other guy. Now, Just to that, give the is that something some that, is that sponsored privately, or is that something you guys pay for out of pocket? Um, well, I'm sponsored by Wheels Up. So they also sponsor <laughs> yeah. the, the castle, so I've got some hours with them. There's a ton of golfers, too. ton of golfers, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they've got a handful of tennis players as well. And right. so, um, you know, that's really helpful, you know, when I need it during the year. Yeah. Just to give oh, the castle some shine, because he's playing with the Washington Castles tonight, uh, tell us what you like about it and what people who can go out and attend would experience when they see team tennis versus you know, regular tennis matches? Um, you know, I like that it's a team event. Very rarely do we get to play team events outside of Davis Cup. Mm-hmm. But this is even different than that. This is more of like a... It's like a party. Yeah, a party, a circus atmosphere. You've got tennis, but at the Castles matches, you've got... The courts have different colors. courts have music. different colors. The rules are different. You have music. You, we got a guy in stilts. There's smoke machines. There's cheerleaders. <laughs> there's, stilts. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, late. He's on, it, it really is. You've, so if you don't even like tennis, yeah. it's still fun to come out and just see what's going on on the court. Right. They got the music going. They got the DJ. Yeah. It was pretty they cool. They got the cheerleaders. Sure. Uh, but it's, it's I mean, entertainment. It's got to be so And different. you have top players. Like you had Venus yeah. playing last night for the Castles. You, of course, are playing. Are the Bryan brothers part the, of the Castles now? Yeah. They played last week a couple of matches. Okay. So it's kind of a weird format because the, the season is like three weeks long, but you've got people that come in for two, three matches here and there. Then another guy will come in for a couple and another person. I watched a little bit of your doubles match last night. I'm, I'm just. Uh, I get up too early. It crushes me. I got to go to sleep. But I noticed you got, I didn't even recognize the Becker. Who was Becker? Benjamin Becker. I played him in singles. Or he, his brother. Yeah. He's famous That's, for, he beat Andre Agassi in his last match at the U.S. Open okay. in 2006. But he, um, I believe he just announced his retirement from the tour at Wimbledon so like he's, two weeks ago. So he's strictly a team tennis guy now. Strictly a team tennis guy, yeah. But he, you know, he was top 50 in the world for a handful of years. Um, 
He's from Germany. He played college tennis at Baylor and really nice guy, really good guy. And, you know, he's great for world team tennis. Probably yeah. a big RG3 fan. Played tennis at Baylor. <laughs> True. Yeah. Loves him. Uh, now, when you were coming out of Thousand Oaks High School, by the way, Cakes, you know what famous actor went to Thousand Oaks? I would need at least one hint. Um, We've got two of them. We've got two of them? Yeah. All right. Uh, I was thinking male actor. A-lister? Yeah. At one point, he was an A-lister. He was in, um, God, he's in one of my favorite movies where he his wife gets kidnapped uh, when they're driving through the desert. What's the name of that movie? Don't know. <laughs> oh, you know what? He was in, he was in, um, he played Wyatt Earp. Val Kilmer? He didn't play no. Wyatt Earp. <laughs> Kurt, Russell. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell? Yeah. We Kurt also had Michael, Richard, Michael Richards, uh, Kramer from oh. Seinfeld. Oh, really? Yeah. He went there, too. He went there, too. God, he's an idiot. Um, so, Cakes is going to go find the offensive <laughs> yeah, clip. Yeah, I can't find <laughs> Michael Richards. When you, when you, Val Kilmer, so funny. I botched it. When you were uh, coming out of high school, obviously you had a ton of scholarship offers. And you were going to, I guess you were going to go to USC and you decided to go pro. Mm -hmm. What was that decision like? Um, it was tough, but the three months before school started, I won, uh, I won three tournaments that are called challengers, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. kind of one level below the tour. Didn't Drab play in a challenger? Who? Our, our producer played no, in a challenger. No, it was just an open tournament. It was an open <laughs> yeah, tournament. Yeah, he got smacked around. Uh, yeah. he, got, he got beat low. He got low and owed. So he I, got bageled. I played a couple of the, I played three of those and won all three. And then I played some tour events, including the US Open, won a round in those. And so I was ranked like 120 by the time school started. And if you're 18 and doing well, then I got a, a sponsorship deal from Adidas at the time. Then I got a deal from Prince. And right. You so said school, it didn't, you're it didn't, finished. It, didn't, it actually wasn't USC. a tough decision at the time. When mm -hmm. did the Prince Pro go away? <laughs> I, don't even know, I don't even know what that is. Dude, so. too young to know what the Prince Pro is. <laughs> well, we were like 12. Well, you're uh, aging us by asking him that question. I had a silly Dane, which was Bjorn Borg. He doesn't know. eventually graduated the Prince he Pro. He probably doesn't know who Bjorn Borg is. <laughs> aluminum, I believe. Wasn't I know who that is. Wasn't the Prince Pro aluminum? Yes. It's a dinosaur racket. How do you decide what equipment you're going to use? Whoever you, pays him the most? Is no. That the, the, it can't be just that. No, that you kind of go with feel. Okay. Because um, the rackets are so different. You go with what's going to feel best and, and hope they pay you Do you use that. the vibration yeah. dampener that I loved in high school? I did my entire career. This is the first time. This is the first year I haven't used one. Really? Yeah. yeah. I was joking. I thought no, it's like a 50, real player would just throw that in. No, it's like 50-50. Half the guys use one. Half really? the guys use rubber band? Wow. Yeah, oh, some guys use rubber bands. Really? Right? Yeah. Hmm. Sam, how, how you're a cool guy. How you want to hang out? Hold, hold on. Up. We'll quick. bring him back. Okay. All right. Why do we bring him back? We can. I didn't if know if he, he had says time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. You got another 10 minutes? Yep. All right. All right. Sam Query is hanging out with us. We're having a good time. Go to WashingtonCastles.com to get your tickets. He's part of Team Tennis here in D.C. Be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.